February is Black History Month, and with that comes a lot of celebration. There are so many badass black women and men who make our criminal justice system better every day. However, there are a lot of very heartbreaking stories that deserve attention just the same, and this month we are putting a large focus on that in our episodes. These stories may be hard to talk about, the conversations that they invoke may be hard to have as well, but we're ready to listen and learn and, as always, scream at the top of our lungs for the justice of these victims. And we really wanted to do and talk about all these stories because, above anything else, we want to inform. Right. And I see on my feed and I recognize how frustrating this can be for Black people of seeing all this attention and, like, having it only be because of Black History Month, because companies do do this to make a profit off of their stories, off of their trauma, and just, like, try to mooch off their stories, literally. Absolutely. So we just want to acknowledge that we recognize that, and that is 100% valid, and we just want to use this as an opportunity to talk about these stories, especially for our viewers. I mean, we recognize that not every single one of our listeners is black and maybe they don't know about stories like these because it doesn't show up on their feed. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that I totally acknowledge and I um, can try my best to understand how it is difficult for a black person to feel like they're only getting the attention that these stories get. Um, It feels like it's only because it's February. But it is important for us to say this is not the first black person that we have covered on this podcast and it will not be the last, not even nearly so. But, you know, if, if people are listening because it is February and it's Black History Month, then I think that we should take the initiative to, to speak on this because people are listening extra this month. And, you know, if it stays with them, if it can change someone's thinking, if it can make someone more aware... And that's why we're doing it. It's not it's not like we're a company like Colgate just making oh my a God, rainbow. Not even close. Literally getting that thing across. <laughs> no, literally. Like we and we acknowledge that there's always more you can do. I mean, there's always more that we can do that goes for us as well. We're not Absolutely. absolved from any wrongdoing or anything no, like of that. Of course. And I think also on top of that, um, we can, we both have talked about and acknowledged that as much as, yes, we are talking about these cases and that's already um, a good thing and that's already helpful towards these victims to get justice, um, I think it's also important that we start to try harder to include more resources and more um, external things that our listeners can do to keep themselves educated and to go beyond just listening to a podcast episode because... Um, At the end of the day, we got into this because we love to learn about these stories and we love to make sure that that these people don't go unheard. Right. And we're going to talk more about things you can do to be an ally, to help, and all the resources and all the links and stuff like that at the end of this episode. So Helen's going to deliver it and it's going to be awesome. With that being said, we are starting off this month with the story of Sandra Bland. Trigger warning, this episode contains a lot of violence against a black woman by a police officer. Because of that, it is hard to talk about, but it obviously is a very important case to cover. She was taken from us way too soon. We are your hosts, Helen Allen. And Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. First and foremost, Sandra Bland was a very badass person. I yeah, just, I know I always praise our victims, but obviously we, these people they deserve, deserve the praise. But on top of that, like, I just want to scream at the top of my lungs that she is a badass. Like, she was not going down without a fight. She was through not. Through and through, she, I don't want to, I don't want to. I know. Keep going, I, keep going. I, <laughs> Sandra had been visiting family in the Chicago suburb of Naperville, Illinois, um, over the 4th of July holiday in 2015. Um, she had five sisters, or she was one of five sisters. She had four sisters, forgive me. Um, 
And she had just gotten a job at her alma mater, Prairie View A&M, which is a historically black state university located in the kind of like rural part of Southeast Texas. Um, She graduated in 2009 with a degree in agriculture, which I think that is like in itself a very cool thing of her to do. I mean, like, so cool to just be like, I'm going to school for agriculture (laughs) and... I mean, those people make our world better. Like, what is she studying? Irrigation? I can't even begin to understand that shit. But I'm like, oh my god, like, Earth? Like, Earth? Like, that's the closest thing that comes to my mind. I don't know. I bet I don't. I bet anyone who studied agriculture, if they were listening to me right now, they'd be like, oh girl, you don't have anything. You don't have any hold on this. Not not a clue. So anyway, I got no clue about it, but it sounds bougie and cool to me. I I feel like agriculture. Oh my goodness. Are you the reason we have those windmills or something? I don't know. Literally. No, but that's what I thought about. I was like, windmills, turbines. (laughs) She's changing. She sounds so cool. (laughs) All right. So. On the day in question, this is July 10th, 2015, Texas State Trooper Brian T. Insinia pulled her over for failing a signal, failing to signal a lane change. Now, I need to get um, into this a little bit more because, you know, I, and I think I might even say this later in my notes, but (laughs) I am the most cautious driver in the world. But there are some times where, like, a, a signal is just not that necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, we've got bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? Hundreds of people don't signal to turn over, and they, I guarantee unscathed. you. Unscathed. So, okay. So, that being said, what had happened was she was driving on the road, and the state trooper was behind her. She noticed that he was behind her. Because. And there was no, like... He wasn't, his lights weren't on. He wasn't pulling her over at the time. So she got into the other lane because she was trying to let him go by her. Because he was speeding up. Right. He was like on her her tail and she thought it was weird. Like, oh, maybe he has somewhere to be, whatever. Like, got into the next lane. As soon as she did that, beep, beep. (laughs) I can't. How do you do it? The sound? Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Oh, God. Um, anyway, that's one of the sounds that I cannot <laughs> Right. Make. But you know what I mean. Like the, maybe yeah. you can edit that in. Yeah. Beep, beep, boop, boop. No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So as soon as she did that, his lights go on and he pulls her over. I think that it, in order to do this like complete justice, I cannot just simply explain what happened because the sound clips of the videos taken at the scene are just really really important to get the whole message across and to get how how ridiculous and crazy this is um across so and you know sandra was aware of her rights and thankfully took a video of the unlawful treatment during the time that the officer pulled her over so i do think it's necessary to play these clips even though they're hard to hear um as soon as she senses something is wrong with the situation she takes out her phone and records now again i know i already said it but trigger warning he is incredibly aggressive and hostile in his voice get out of the car now why am i being apprehended you trying to give me a ticket for your failure why am i being apprehended you just opened my car door you just opened my car door so you're gonna you threatening to drag me out of my own car get out of the car and then you're gonna stop me get out wow now Wow. Get out of the car. Yeah, for a failure to signal. You're doing all of this for Get a failure to signal. Get over there. Right, yeah. Yeah, let's take this to court. Let's do Go it. Ahead. For a failure to signal. Yep, for a failure to signal. Get off the phone. On my school. Get off the phone. I'm not on the phone. I have a right to Put record. This is my down. property. This Put is my property. Down. Sir? Put your phone down <gasps> right now. So essentially, he yells at her to get out of the car now. And, you know, we don't see exactly what led to this, but I'll tell you what, she just didn't signal a lane change. So no matter what, there's truly no reason for her to need to be getting out of the car. So he starts screaming at her, get out of the car now. And she says, why am I being apprehended? You're trying to give me a ticket for failure. And then she gets cut off by him because he is yelling at her. They go back and forth because, like, again, he's screaming. I can't even emphasize this enough. His voice is so incredibly aggressive. And she's just, like, confused as to why she's being asked to step out of the car 
for simply not signaling a lane change. Mind you, this officer is literally in her car door. Like, the door to her driver's side of her car has opened. Yeah, at this point, he's... And he is standing inside of the doorway. Then he starts pointing a taser in her face and screams, quote, Get out of the car. I will light you up. And I think it's important that I'm going to try my best as editor to put in the audio of all this. But if not, please click click the link in our bio. Yeah. Because we do have um, dash, not we not, not like we acquired it, but we do have a link to the dash cam footage that shows his tone. Yes. His... And, and the footage that she took herself, which is even more telling. Yes. Um, but yeah, that will be in the show notes. And it's super important that if you haven't seen these videos to watch them. Because I think a lot of times you hear about police brutality, but it really doesn't hit home until you see something like this. It doesn't until you watch it and then you realize how much he is baiting her to provoke her. Right. And we will talk about exactly how he goes about that. But, you know, unless you see this or hear it for yourself, you cannot even imagine how bad it really is. So, at this point, she gets out of the car and she's, like, going, like, wow. Which, like, I would have been so much more mad by this point. I mean, here, I I totally understand you're supposed to comply to officers. But can I cannot beat this into the ground more. Sandra is a black woman who has experienced racism her entire life. And this is a clear case of she's being mistreated because she is black. Mm-hmm. She was pulled over for a lane change. That is warrants for a warning at best. Does not warrant her to be taken out of her car. Especially because she has nothing in her car in plain sight oh that would God. provoke him. I, like, I cannot stress it enough she has every right to feel angry right now with him truly and in the video sandra being the badass that she is knows her rights and knows that the only thing she has to do is identify herself Mm -hmm. to the officer she's not obligated to do anything else during that situation right she's literally so aware of what she has to do and she does it and it's not enough for him ever so she literally is like all of this for a failure to signal I'm like, I, yeah, Sandra, I totally get where you're coming from. This is absolutely heinous. So, you know, any person in their right mind would question that. I know that they would. So just, just getting that out of the way, because I've seen whenever people talk about police brutality, the counter argument is, well, you're just supposed to comply. And I just think that that's bullshit because you, the people saying, oh, you're just supposed to comply. Police officers don't beat you up. Police officers don't treat you differently. You're white. <laughs> if you say you just have to comply, you're white and you don't get it. After wa- and I'm white. I don't get it. But at least I'm trying to understand. After watching the video, it just baffles me how she was treated because I've seen footage of literal, like, Karens at the mall screaming at the top of their lungs. And the police officers are calm, cool, and collected. And they escort her out as if she's, like, VIP. Literally. I'm like, if that was a black woman, you would have done way worse. Yeah. So that's all, really, that's all I'm going to say. I I know I already said that's all I'm going to say. Here I am saying more. But it's hard but not I'm to want I'm angry for her I because I cannot understand how this is still happening. How are we not holding these people accountable? She then is ordered by him to get off of her phone. And she says, I'm not on the phone. I have the right to record. This is my property. She's literally holding up her phone being like, this is my property and I'm allowed to use it. And thank you, Sandra. You're right. And if a police officer is ever mistreating you, guess what? Record it. They have no right to tell you to not record them. They're being recorded on their dash cam. So I don't know why. Like, what's his Fully. argument here? Truly, what does he think he's doing? I don't, and, like, you're literally on camera, sir. How stupid could you be? You're going to yell at her like this when I, you can see her phone in your face? Like, Well, what's interesting is I don't know. I think they carry on this conversation to the point where they're out of view from the dash cam, too. Well, and I'll tell you what. So I couldn't. This is later in my notes, but whatever. Um, Ooh, rogue. I know. <laughs> Not us going rogue again. <laughs> Um, but so I was listening to the episode that covers this case, um, by True Crime Obsessed. Love them. And Jillian Pensavale, who I would do anything for, um, (laughs) she says that, like, she knows of, like, cases where officers are literally trained to get people out of the view of the dash cam. 
which honestly, what the fuck? That makes my blood boil. That makes me so scared. Like, that is the most heinous example of like an abuse of power and they're being trained that way the fact that not like oh like certain rogue cops do that like if they're trained that way and it's crazy because the cameras are there to prevent that right you know so it's like it's so why put the camera in if you're gonna train people to walk it's like why install a camera to um, in your hotel lobby to make sure that killers don't go in there if the camera's not gonna be on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've never met a camera that was useful at all. At all. Uh, anyway, I mean, except so. for our last case, Carlisha Freeland Gaither. Right, that camera. Those cameras on it, on <laughs> it. Did not miss a beat. So back to the story because I could talk about this all day. Right. I think we need a little context um, because. A reasonable person would be like, what the fuck happened before the camera started rolling to make this state trooper this mad? And I'll tell you what, we know what happened before it, and it's still so unjustified the way he's acting. So, essentially, when he came up to her, when he first stopped her, he asked her if she was okay. And she was like, uh, yep, I'm okay. Like, you pulled me over, sir. And and I'm paraphrasing, because I'm not- watch the video, you guys. But- And then he told her that she seemed, quote, very irritated, which I My blood is already boiling. I'm like, all right, flag, red flag, immediately. I'm sorry, are you a therapist, Mr. Insinia? Why are you asking about her feelings? Give her a fucking warning and get on with your day. Oh my God. If that's what he had intended to do, you'd- Literally. So clearly, if he's just, like, fucking around and asking these insane questions, then he didn't care at all about the the signal change. Like, Especially what after name? what he says next. So then she's like, um, yep, I'm irritated because I just was moving out of your way and I'm now here in this situation. Can you blame her? Can you blame her for being annoyed at this? He was in a state trooper car and she saw him behind her and she pulled into the next lane. And oh my God, she didn't signal. Big fucking deal. Like, why is this all? This is an explicit episode. I can just tell it. But I'm literally, like I said, the most cautious person. And I don't think that this is a big deal. Like, I do not get it. So that being said, like, did she run anyone off the road? No. This guy must have just been really bored that day or just simply racial profiling her. Like, there's no, there's no other, other thing under the sun that would make sense. Agreed. So the trooper then asks her to put out her cigarette that she's holding. And she's like, no, that's not with, no, absolutely not. Not your job. And so, like, this is when he gets so mad at her because she's not just simply rolling over and doing whatever the fuck he wants. I'm sorry, sir, but you're not, like, he's literally not, police officers can't just, like, snap their fingers and tell you what to do. Like, it has to be within the rights of the law. Like, this is not. Like, exactly. they, you're in your own fucking car. You get to smoke a cigarette if you want. And, and, like, for him, this is just a power trip. Like, I'm sorry, but it doesn't say anywhere in the Constitution you can't so- smoke a cigarette. Like, it is literally outside of his, like, jurisdiction. Yeah. I was going to say jurisdiction, too. But, yeah, <laughs> but, like, it is. Like, it's just 100%. not part of his, like, he can't do that. So... He can write her up, he can give her a warning, but he can't tell her to stop smoking. Like, excuse me? It 100% is what you said. It's a, he's wanting to insert his, like, power. Yeah, he's just angry that she knows her rights, honestly. He's just angry that she knows her rights. That he pulled over a smart black woman. That is what's making him so mad. And, ooh, okay, I'm gonna let you finish, um, (laughs) saying the conversation, because, literally, though, like, he is so whatever so when she does <laughs> so say the too. only thing i have to do is identify myself it sets him the fuck oh off. he is fuming and it's like listen sir i'm sorry that you can't just snap your fingers at this black woman and make her just do whatever you can't you can't control people i'm sorry but she's smart and she's in te- like she's college educated she knows what she's talking about and you can't just and even if she wasn't she doesn't deserve to be treated this way like i just can't even i'm saying all these things about how she's so great but even if she was a piece of shit she doesn't deserve to be treated this way by him like hundred percent just <sighs> okay okay <laughs> moving We're gonna on take a before lot of i have an actual heart attack. <laughs> it's okay. 
Okay. In this video that we are referring to, she recorded this on her cell phone. And it only surfaced publicly for the first time in an investigative report broadcast on the Dallas television station WFAA in 2019, you guys. This took place in 2015 and nobody saw this footage, including her lawyer, until 2019, four years later. The Bland family lawyer, Cannon Lambert, who settled a lawsuit against authorities implicated during the incident for $1.9 million, said he had not seen the footage until it was obtained by that news station. But the Texas Department of Public Safety stated that the footage had been released as a part of the legal discovery process during litigation. So can you please tell me, like, how that could be, how those two things could both be true? And what does this attorney have to gain by lying? He would have used that and it would have been a slam dunk. A hundred percent. I don't believe it for a second. I don't know if you get into more of like I do. what Trust they do. Me, okay, okay. All right. So I'm gonna hold off. You pop off. I'm so mad. You pop off. I will. Thank you. <laughs> so at the bottom line of this is just like why would this information be withheld from Sandra Bland's family and legal team? It doesn't. What do they have? <sighs> okay, so. Essentially, what this video is proving is just that, like, he wasn't in danger. And Sinia says, like, he had claimed at the time, quote, my safety was in jeopardy at more than one time. Okay, <clears throat> let's just state the facts again. Okay, um, he was, he was tailing her, making her feel unsafe, so she pulled to the side. And instead of him just continuing about his fucking day, getting wherever the hell he had to go so fast, he pulls her over. He then tells her that she needs to get out of the car when she was doing absolutely nothing wrong. Um, so, sir, if she was such a threat to you, why did you ever get up and get out of the car coming towards you? Not only that, but why did you open up the car door and stand in it in her face if she was such a threat to you? And let me tell you, you guys, he can clearly see both of her hands and one of them is clearly holding a phone. Like, it is not... Anything, there is no evidence that he was at, in any moment able to feel in danger. And also not to mention, this bitch is waving a fucking taser in her face. Like, who feels in danger? Who feels in danger? Truly, it feels like, what, what right do you have? Because, like, your life was not in danger. Like, none of, none, of, none of this says that he was in any, any sort of danger. The attorney, the family attorney, Canon Lambert, said, what the video shows is that Insignia had no reason to be in fear of his safety. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the video shows that he wasn't in fear of his safety, and you could see that it was a cell phone. He was looking right at it. That is a direct quote from Mr. Lambert, the attorney with the big brains. Insinia was fired only after the incident commanded national attention. Classic. Right. And was initially indicted for perjury after he claimed that he feared for his safety after stopping Sandra's car. However, you guys, this is going to make your blood absolutely boil. I don't know how many times I've said blood boil in this episode, but take a shot every time I do because I'm going to say it ten more times <laughs> at the very least. The charges were dropped against him after he simply just agreed to never work in law enforcement again. I just want to make myself clear. He was screaming at her and threatening her. Does that sound like someone who is horrified for their safety? Like, another thing. Why are we dropping charges on him simply for him to, quote, agree to not work in law enforcement again? Put this man's fucking face on Twitter and he will never work anywhere again. We don't need his promise. We need a fucking jail sentence. Oh, God. The investigative girlies will be on his um, ass at literally, every just turn. Just one or two sentences on what this man did and he is fucking done in any business. Good. We don't need his little promise that he's not going to work in law enforcement. I'll tell you what, he's not going to work any <laughs> one goddamn place again. <laughs> After you put his face on Twitter. We don't need that in writing. At all. <laughs> like, oh my god. According to the New York Times, apparently, the prosecuting team said that this fucking bullshit promise was the quote, best way, because there was no certainty of obtaining a conviction on the perjury charge. Watch the fucking video. That is all you need for the certainty that this charge would fucking stick. Like, I cannot... 
stress this enough. <laughs> it's it's all so strategic mm-hmm. and obvious. And like it's, it's not we're not stupid. Like we can see right through all of this. Them being like, oh, I don't know, the video was part of the process. Well, guess what? If it was part of the process, there's no fucking way the charges would have been dropped. It wasn't part of the process. So, going back to the dash cam video and what happened that day. At this point, he is ordering her to get off the road and onto the sidewalk. Now, if you watch the dash cam video that is recorded from the police officer's car, you can see him ordering her to the side, and it really does look like he is trying to get her out of frame like we had said before. Now, this next part literally makes me sick, and I don't think I will do it justice by telling it because I get very emotional, and Sherry's a little bit more calm, cool, collected than me. So, Sherry, can you please explain what happens next in this? Okay. In the video, you see him escorting her to the side of the road and is yelling at her Mm -hmm. and he does cuff her hands he is being very like we said a loud tone is still antagonizing her almost Mm -hmm. and is being very forceful with her he does go back around to look inside the car but eventually does make his way back to her and Mm -hmm. you just hear her saying all this for not turning on my signal right because at this point he's grasping for straws he's like praying after how the way he behaved that he's gonna find something in her car (gasps) oh my god and when he before she is on the sidewalk Sorry, I got heated because I remembered something. Before she is on the sidewalk, in the footage, you see her walking. And he said, do you have any illegal substances on you? And she goes, I'm wearing a maxi dress. If I had anything on me, you'd be able to see it. The dress is skin tight. Literally. She has nothing in her hands besides her phone. And she has on, like, like just shoes. Like Also, Sherry and I know our Fourth Amendment rights because we took a class on this in college. <laughs> but I just want to stress that he doesn't have any right to be for asking these questions of her if he didn't have any inclination that she had something illegal in the first place. Like, if he had saw, like, a blunt in her car, or, like, if he saw, you know, drug paraphernalia or whatever, in plain sight, mind you, he can't just go looking through her car. And I know you guys know this, or, like, if you don't, then whatever. That's also not a big deal. You're learning it now. But, um... If he doesn't see anything in plain sight, he can't require anything further of her. He no. does not have any right to be, like, doing, like, what is he going to do now? Like, make her strip down so he could she could prove it? Like, that's the thing is, like, where are you going with this? You didn't see anything in the first place. You have to stop asking these questions. You're not going to get anything out of it. You're grasping at straws. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. It is so against the Constitution. This alone should have gotten him in a lot of legal trouble. A hundred percent. What happens next is very hard to watch. He does eventually push her down to the ground Mm -hmm. and has his knee on her back. Prior to this, he had called in backup for... For God knows what. For God knows what. She was not... She was not... Fighting back. You felt she in was danger not, because I mean, a woman was not, was raising her voice at you a little bit? Like, grow oh the my fuck God. up. It must be so horrifying that this is the first woman in, in history to ever raise her voice at you. Exactly. Like, get used to it. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of people are going to be doing that. Like. He has his knee on her back. And at one point, Sandra says he slammed her, um, her face into the ground. Mm-hmm. Another officer comes into hold her down while he goes and um, searches her car some more. All of this would not have been like, we wouldn't have seen any of this if it were not, if it were not for, if it were not for the bystanders that were taking videos. Right. Sandra's sisters said they thank them every day for being there because if not, we would have never seen him wrestling her to the ground and putting his knee in her back. Right. Because at this point, like she did, kind of surrender to him she shut off her camera she felt very endangered like so at this point like she was just trying to survive you know like she had put up her fight she was scared she was scared for her life and I don't blame her he was being absolutely out of line and he escalates and uses just an unnecessary amount of force at one point he is I feel like unnecessary doesn't even do it justice like this amount of force and and you know what you guys 
This isn't any new information. This happens all the time, all across the country to a different black person every time. And it's fucked up, but we need to be this mad about all of the times. And this is the one we're talking about. So this is just, you know. So anger continues and. (laughs) Here we go. Back into it. And at one point she does say, you're breaking my wrist Mm -hmm. because he is applying that much pressure on her. And mind you, Sandra is not some, she, she's not playing for the NFL. She's not like a linebacker. She is pretty petite and, and even if she was not fucking right, but he, but like, he clearly is overpowering her. I'm like, uh, at every turn he can and he just goes at it. And I'm like, I don't know why it was necessary to search her car all this time. You didn't see anything in the first place. You cannot keep going. That's the way it is. That is the way it is. Plain and simple. Now, something important and fucking ridiculous comes up. (laughs) Shocker. All in the same. (laughs) Just the the common... I love that. Just just the common theme of this episode. Important and fucking ridiculous. Right. During the intake interview, um, because... Let me say, there is an intake interview because this fucking bullshit cop brings her to the station and wants to book her. So, during the intake interview, she is asked a bunch of routine questions. One of them is, quote, have you ever considered suicide? Her answer was honest. She said yes. She had lost a baby the year before, and like anyone who has ever had to grieve the loss of a loved one, it fucked her up. And on top of that, it was a loved one that was growing inside her. It's not rocket science to understand that that may drive someone to have dark thoughts. However, they then ask another question in terms of if she's considering suicide at that moment. And she said no. Now, they did take a mugshot of her. And I am just going to quickly brush over this because I do know that the this case, like, if you know this case, you might have heard this. On the internet, a lot of people speculated that Sandra was actually dead already in her mugshot. Really? When I read that, I was like, oh my that god. Makes... Like, it really scared me. But I did research. In response to these speculations, they actually did release a video of her walking around the jail and being booked and having her mugshot taken. So... That is not true. Thank fucking God. We don't need another thing to be mad about. But oh my God, I I never heard that. So this is like, yeah, it really. When I saw that, I was like, holy fuck. So okay, so honestly, I don't think that it's worth touching on more here because it is. There's already enough injustice to go around. Yeah. But I, I did just want to kind of um, note that because I know there will be crazies in the comment section that are like, oh my God, can you believe? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. We've got bigger fish to fry right. that are actually true injustices. <clears throat> um, so, okay. And you know what? I do want to say, though, it is fucked up that I even had to go over that. Because it's fucked up that we live in a society that we can't just trust people to be treated decently when they're being booked. It sucks that that has to be taken into consideration. Right. And that it's even plausible. Right. Exactly. But not at this point. It didn't happen on this case. So, three days after booking... After refusing breakfast at 3.30... Whoa, that would have been an early breakfast. (laughs) After refusing breakfast at 6.30 a.m., Sandra requested to make a phone call from her cell, but no call was made. When I say cell, I mean, like, her jail cell. Yeah. Not like, hey, can I have my cell phone? She didn't say that. (laughs) She, she, like I said, smart. (laughs) She knows that she can't. Yeah. Okay. So, around 9 a.m., Sandra was unfortunately found hanging in her cell, allegedly after she fastened a noose with a plastic bag liner. My first thought is, what the fuck is she still doing in jail three days later after a signal? Like, not signaling is going to keep her in jail for days? Jail. Not prison, you guys. Thank God. But not prison. Jail. But that's the thing about jail is that sometimes you have even less due process because it's not prison yet. Because you're in the in-between. I mean. So they kind of just kind of do whatever the fuck they they think they, they should be doing. And, and I'll tell you what, it was very messed up what happened to her these three days. I mean, 
Okay, first of all, I think there should be a thing that, like, every time someone is booked, it's someone's job to go over the police cam and make sure it was a fucking legal arrest. But, you know, maybe I'm crazy for wanting a just society. I don't know. Because, like, I mean, she's been sitting there for three days. Could no one be bothered to look at the dash cam and be like, hey, wait, why is she here, even though she just failed to signal a lane change? Okay, moving on. It's a lot of heavy breathing of disappointment Guys, in this episode, I and I will even... do my best to edit it, but it's it's so frustrating. Just bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, Sandra was not silenced in death. On July 14th, 2015, more than 100 protesters marched from Waller County Jail to the courthouse to demand an investigation into her death. Later that day, a memorial was held for her on the campus of Prairie View A&M University. I wanted to say that before I get back into the the things that make me pissed off. But I do want to say, from day one, when people heard of this, they were rallying for her. She was a valuable, valuable member of society, and she was taken way too soon. And, you know, this officer, Insinia, he fucked with the wrong girl. He really did. He truly did. I mean, he fucked up. And Sandra's sisters say in this interview that I watched for Hot 97, eh. and they're like, <laughs> we could not have thanked the community enough yeah. with just how much they rallied behind it they and how much people blew it up on social media as well. It like Yeah. Also, like, people were traveling to Texas just to give everybody oh. a piece of their fucking mind. Oh, my God. I if cannot. I, if they wait, if, oh, my God. If I, I had my license, if I had my license. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot, but I cannot say enough how loved and how important she was. I mean, if she wasn't loved or if she wasn't important, she still didn't deserve all of this. But that makes it, you know, what you guys know yeah. that. Okay, I, I, I don't need to even say it. You guys know that we think everybody's important. But I'm just saying she was an incredibly valuable member of the society. And that is very, very evident through all of the support that poured out after these days. In a two-page inspection report, Texas Commission on Jail Standards found Waller County Jail did not make timely inmate checks. Okay, I could have told you that. Like, duh. I don't... Duh. duh. Really? You have to date two pages I for mean, this? okay. <laughs> really? What? <laughs> Why are we even... Con- like, did we That's consider obvious. that they did? I mean, <laughs> how... Also, how big is this jail? Really? Truly. How big is this jail that they're able to just let people slip through the cracks this way? It didn't big i saw video footage it did not I'm look not that really big really wowed by the size I'm not. Oh. <laughs> you guys come on i feel like the law firm i work at is bigger <laughs> like so then sandra's family files a wrongful death lawsuit against waller county dps and trooper insinia just as they should just a few days later the grand jury refused to indict anyone in connection with sandra bland's death When asked what crime he believed Sandra Bland was committing, or about to commit, I guess, like, they were even, like, throwing him a bone and being like, or about to commit. Oh, my God. I'm like, don't. What do you mean about to commit? Is he a psychic? Or who's the the professional on the stand, the expert opinion, (laughs) saying Insinia's a psychic? Where is the expert opinion? (sighs) He responded to that with, quote, I had a feeling that anything could have been either retrieved or hidden within her area of control. My primary concern was with that purse, with her console, as far as being any kinds of weapon or drugs, it's unknown to me. I don't know what happened, but something did. And to me, that was the reasonable suspicion. Okay. <clears throat> no, 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 no. You don't get to just no. have a feeling she has something in her console, you guys. That means he needed to open up the console. And look, that's not plain sight. I'll tell you what. That is not plain sight. He does not have the right to open that console unless she said something like, <laughs> I have drugs in there. And no. I guarantee you her purse wasn't just busted wide open. At every turn, does this no. man look at a purse and it's like, no. what's in there? I, 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 okay, a, are you a... going to stop? That's literally, Sherry, that's in my notes. Really? Said, so basically this numbnuts in way too <laughs> words is saying, yeah, I just fucking wanted to. Like, reasonable suspicion is not she had a purse. FYI, you guys, you're allowed to keep a fucking handbag in your car without being asked about it and get, being asked to get out of your vehicle. You're allowed to have a purse. You're well within your rights if you carry a fucking purse. And that doesn't mean you're dangerous. But I am angry because this is just 
so, so clearly an abuse of power. He's spelling it out for us, you guys. It's not even like he's an intelligent police officer who knew how to, like, finagle his way into doing sketchy shit. He's literally just doing the wrong thing and then telling us he's doing the wrong thing and he thinks it's justifying what he did. He's literally like, yeah, I didn't really have um, any suspicion that she had weapons or drugs, but I saw a purse, so, you know, one thing led to another and I just was reasonably suspicious. And also, what? weapons or drugs, are you afraid of bullets could hit you on the forehead? Like, I can mean, you that doesn't also down. make her dangerous. We know a lot of people who have done drugs that are totally docile human beings. One of the nicest people I know. Uh, Like. Come on. Come on. Maybe you could use a blunt officer. Honestly. Calm calm the the fuck fuck down. down. Oh my. Not to mention, he didn't even ask her to get out of the car right away. So like how urgent was his breach of safety or whatever the fuck he wanted to say. In a DPS use of force report from the arrest, Insinia's supervisor says the trooper was rude when asking Sandra why she seemed irritated true and when he asked her if she was done after she stopped talking that was a fucked up thing he did I don't think I mentioned it before but literally he asked her a question she answered it and he goes are you done and she goes you just asked me a question and I, I know, answered she it was not gonna she was like, uh-uh, I am holding you accountable today, idiot. You're the one that asked me a question. Are you bored? Then leave. She did not let up, and rightfully so. Absolutely. She was well within her rights. The report says she that he did not follow procedure. We knew that. <laughs> when he didn't tell Sandra what action he was going to take and when the situation had already gotten out of hand. So that's the next thing, you guys. Like, if he senses danger he is supposed to be articulating this to her like okay i'm i'm taking you out of your car because of this i saw this so i am cuffing you like these are things that an officer is supposed to be doing because she is well within her rights to know what's happening to her it is her right to know what's happening to her so it's like he acted completely out of his like realm of control he was not following procedure and you could tell it was just a complete abuse of power right but I also want to touch on the fact that this department is only doing this after all of the public outcry because they initially were literally blaming Sandra's family for her suicide by saying that she committed suicide because they didn't bail her out of jail. And also, I'm sorry, I just read a direct quote, but I know it's like, even if that is the case, it isn't. The jail was entirely neglectful and at fault for her suicide. She was put in solitary confinement, you guys. Solitary confinement for a single judge. And she was left completely unwatched. Like, yet they claim that she was the most aggressive inmate in there. Why, if she was so aggressive, why was there no eyes on her? Nobody was watching the most aggressive person in your jail cells? I beg to differ. There's just so many holes in their stories, in this department in particular, I read about had a bunch of other, I don't know if it's called infractions, but previous history of doing this with other black people. Yeah, they're disgusting people. They really just are. Plain and simple. According to the Texas Tribune, Insinia said that Sandra had driven through a stop sign as she left the Prairie View A&M campus, but he was unsure if it were private or public property. Because actually, Matt taught me this. You know those stop signs that are, like, in those hectic parking lots? Yeah. Like, when you're in a parking lot and there's stop signs in it? Mm -hmm. You don't, by law, have to stop at those. They're kind of, like, a suggestion. Because they're on private property, those stop signs were not put in by the government. Oh, but it's only if like there's a pedestrian, right? Well, of course you're not supposed to hit a pedestrian. <laughs> so that's you're not? Like, a different part of the law. You're not <laughs> like murder is wrong. Okay, <laughs> but uh, uh. Um, but anyway, so he isn't in his right to pull her over if she was just like in the Texas state school school what sorry i'm like all over the place um if he she was just in the prairie view a&m campus parking lot like he doesn't have the right to pull her over for not stopping at a stop sign but um because he was unsure if that was a stop sign um on a public or private roadway he just fucking tailed her until she did something wrong but that's literally racial profiling you guys He didn't know if she did the wrong thing or not. So leave her alone. If you don't know that you should be pulling someone over, you shouldn't be. Like, the only reason he tailed her is because she 
quote, maybe did the wrong thing, and she was black. A hundred percent. That's just really what it is. Like, knowing he could not give her a ticket for a failure to stop at the stop sign, that is literally why he followed her. And he said, quote, I was checking the condition of the vehicle, such as the make, the model, the license plate, and any other conditions. First of all, what do you mean any other conditions? Elaborate, because you're so dumb you probably can't. And on top of that, like... I bet you 100% he was looking for any minor, like, if one of her, like, brake lights was out, like, anything stupid like that to pull her over. And also, were you also testing the speed of a car? Because you were on her fucking ass. Yeah. For no goddamn reason. literally, like, mm, it just, it's very clear that this is racial profiling. He is literally saying he doesn't know if she did anything wrong. So a normal police officer would have just fucking dropped it and not pulled her over, but... Here we are because he did. Sandra's family attorney said, quote, First of all, the grand jury didn't believe it. They indicted him. Secondly, the DPS didn't believe it. They fired him. And thirdly, the family does not believe it. And I certainly don't believe it. It's just nonsense. It just, it was a justification made up by him in a not very intelligent way to justify his illegal use of force against her. Not this guy putting him on blast. And by the way, he's stupid, he said. (laughs) It's him justifying racial profiling and also he's stupid. Stupid. Good. I love it. I love it. He is stupid. You're right. (laughs) I think that um, to wrap up this piece of the episode, the best thing to do is just talk about this quote that Sharon Cooper said. Sharon Cooper is the sister of Sandra Bland. Glitchy dashcam footage, the dissemination of Sandra's autopsy report to the public, including pictures of her lifeless body, and the intentional assassination of her character by referring to her as, quote, not a model person, left me questioning whether justice would prevail as I had believed. The saddest part about this, you guys, is that They literally had faith from the beginning that the justice system would do right by her. They weren't bailing her out because they said, girl, it was just a signal change. You'll be out of there in minutes. Like, uh, um, it's not that they were, like, being mean to her. They weren't, like, hanging her out to dry. They just thought the justice system wouldn't do this. They literally just thought that she would get what she deserved and... She got everything except for it, and it is so heartbreaking. In a video, one of her sisters is tearfully saying, if they knew what would have happened, obviously they would have come up with some way to get her out of there. Because we also don't know their financial situation. We don't know how much it was set at. Oh my god. Well, I looked into it. I think it was $515. Don't quote me on that, but it was around that. Okay. But literally, like, the article, the original thing that I saw that had said, like, that the DPS was, like, blaming her family for not bailing her out, they were, like, for a sum so little as $515. It's like, bitch, that's a lot of money no matter what. Like, okay, she maybe didn't cut, like, what? $515? That is not chum change. The people at my work say that all the time. Really? Chum change. change. It means, like, basically, like, it's not pennies. Like, I'm sorry, maybe you're in a situation where $515 isn't a lot to you, but for some people it fucking is. Like, you don't get to say that. Amount of money is all subjective right is that entirely the right so you don't know their financial situation right right you don't know if that's a lot of money or a little bit of money to them and third of all it's you, you like ooh. And also like who knows maybe they were taking those three days to come up with the 515 dollars and maybe they thought by the time we come up with this she'll be out because we trust the justice system and, and that should not be something that we're blaming them for she should not be dead she was in your care it is your responsibility you took her in yeah because you for whatever fucking reason, so she was in your care. That's where you fucked up. You don't go and put that on the family or the victims at all. And whether a lot of people, um, including myself, think it is a suspicious suicide and they think that, you know, maybe it wasn't her entirely that did this. And I think people are well within their rights to think that. Um, But whether she did it or whether she did not do it, it shouldn't have happened because you should not be able to commit suicide when you're in a jail cell because there should be eyes on you at all time. 
So even if she did it entirely herself, they are still 1000% to blame for it. It is their obligation. Not to mention the fact that um, across the country, there have been other cases of black women who were found by similar manner of death, hanging, asphyxiation, in cells where they're supposed to be watched. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Sandra Bland's death in a largely rural part of Southeast Texas unified African-American leaders throughout the state, leading to the enactment in 2017 of the Sandra Bland Act, which requires training in de-escalation techniques for all police officers, sets up protections and custody for people with mental health and substance abuse issues, and requires that independent law enforcement agencies investigate jail deaths. Part of that also um, includes a requirement for um, prisons and jails to have nurses on staff 24-7 and also monitoring so you can't falsify records, which is what happened with this case. State lawmakers were not done, though. They were looking to go even further than that. They put up a bill facing a vote that would largely ban arrests for Class C misdemeanors, such as traffic stops, that would be punishable only by fines, except in certain circumstances. Because at the end of the day, you guys, Sandra should never have been brought to a jail cell. She should never have had to go through all of that. There should never have been bail for her family to post. She didn't signal a lane change. What happened in court isn't a sole measure of justice, says her sister. My sister was unafraid. Her strength gives us the power to continue and fight for her and say her name. Now, you guys, I didn't say this before, but Sandra, she will go down in history as one of these people that we will never know what she independently would have done because she had a voice unlike any other. She, there are videos, look them up on her videos Educate yourself on who she was because she was a fighter. She was advocating for people to have rights. She was a voice that needed to be heard. And even in her death, her voice is still being heard. Now, unfortunately, I also think that this is important to say, even though it makes my blood boil. Brian Insenia is now in a new career, quote, wholly unrelated to law enforcement. Um, Chip Lewis, his attorney, didn't really offer many details on this, but he said, quote, he's working in a private sector, supporting his wife and family and living a quiet life. That in itself just breaks me apart. This fucking monster that is Brian Insinia gets to have a family and a quiet life after silencing Sandra Bland. I said it before, he deserves to get Put on blast. Yeah. To the max. So I think it's important that we are saying Brian Insinia because that should be a name that when you hear it, you get angry. This person should go down in history as a monster and we should remember him. He does not deserve this quiet life. That was not justice for Sandra Bland. But you guys, there are hundreds, thousands, if not millions of people rallying behind her and her name will be spoken for years and years to come. With that being said, I wanted to take over. No, I wanted to talk <laughs> My a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit to our viewers about action that they can take. Obviously, this isn't going to encompass every little thing you can do, but there are steps that you can take. One of them is literally just donating your time. Like, educate mm -hmm. yourself. Subscribe to Black Creators and shift your algorithm. A really... This person that does makeup on YouTube, her name's Jackie Ina. She is Black. And she pointed this out to me where she's like, a lot of people don't see the injustices because it's not showing up on their feeds. Yeah. They're not subscribed to Black Creators who speak on this. They're not aware. They don't know. So I think that's Absolutely. an amazing point. Well, you don't I mean, even think of it in terms of like when I'm on my personal Instagram versus when we're on our Chalkline Instagram... There are so many more news sources coming through my feed on my Chalkline Instagram than my personal one. And that's like... You don't even realize how sort of like 
skewed like, your feed so could be catered to exactly very certain things that you're interested in but maybe like you would be interested in all of this stuff but you it just doesn't reach your feed so go out of your way to make it reach your feed exactly Another thing you could do is contribute to Black-owned businesses. I mean, this is a small example, but Target is doing some amazing Mm -hmm. thing with just, like, business women who have these hair products that I'm like, okay, pop off. Pop the fuck off. Just with, like, everything. So that's an example, but you can also go out of your way to find them. Like I said, Black creators that, like, can mean, like, if you're into gaming, if you're into makeup, like, there's always something you can be doing oh my god yeah like even just like the little things like when you don't think when you're looking for anything recipe like for me I'm always looking for recipes and honestly I'm a little bit like I'd rather look at a recipe than a blackberry <laughs> because they're gonna have the seasoning they know how to cook a little bit better than my white girls you they know do. like I just don't I'm sorry so but like things like that you can go out of your way to explore things that are created by black people but like it doesn't mean that the content has to be different. It just means that it's from a different angle, from a different source. And that in itself is just going to make you better because it's better to be educated and and just around all sorts of different opinions and styles and tastes and just just try it. Of just course. just reach out a little because, because really. I know. And that's an important step. And I just want to emphasize that a lot of what it takes to start to become an ally or take steps to is I believe a lot of self-reflection and recognizing your own maybe biases and attitudes towards certain people. Mm-hmm. It's not disarming. A lot of people have them. You just yeah. need to recognize it and be like, okay, I can correct this. This right. is something that I like recognize and I can make a change. And it's scary for a lot of people and it's why it goes unchecked or unnoticed, but it is so important. Right. Like, there are just little tiny things that when you say it out loud, check yourself. When you think it, check yourself. Why do you think that way? Why are you thinking that way? Is it because of something someone told you? Is it because how you were raised? There's just very little things that can lead to big changes that can just make people more comfortable being in their own skin. A hundred percent. And I'm going to put in a bunch of links down below of, like, the definition of systematic racism and all of that just so you guys can educate yourselves and find out more about these hard topics, really. I mean, it's always weird when trying to educate people because you don't want to speak over a black creator. You don't want to speak on behalf of black people because we obviously can't speak to that experience or of that course, reality at yeah. all. But if I could offer something or a recommendation, it would be to watch the documentary 13th on Netflix. Oh my god, it's phenomenal. It is... It will literally change your life. Like, that is a life-changing documentary. It's so incredibly worth watching. It will change every opinion you ever had on the criminal justice system and race in America. I think it's so important just because it shows how rooted racism and discrimination is in our in our country. Yeah. It's embedded in our policies and this doc just offers a great starting point. I mean, it's what opened my eyes to a lot of racial inequalities and just how deep it runs. And it does an amazing job of highlighting how much of a change we need to make to end these racial inequalities. But I was just yeah. going to say, you guys, this like we are not perfect. We are not done learning. And that is why we are doing this focus in this month because, you know, I found myself... A few years ago, I think I would like to think because I've, you know, done a little bit of reforming the way that my brain is and I have taken college classes that specifically help me explore more of other cultures and other people because I think it's, first of all, so important, no matter if you feel that you have biases or not, to just explore other things and to educate yourself on the fact that you may be living a life that is so much easier than somebody else's. But again, we are not perfect. So we are doing the learning this month too, right alongside you. And I really hope that, you know, if you're a white person, you figure out how to be an ally. And if you are a black person, you celebrate all the things that are beautiful about you this month. And you just listen along as everybody else tries to understand what you've been through. Because, you know, it's sad we even have to do it, but it's so important to be doing it. Now, I just want to wrap this episode up 
with a quote from Sharon Cooper, Sandra's sister. Despite America's efforts to align itself with the notion that we're living in a post-racial society, viral videos of black women, men, and children dying at the hands of police confirm that the scale of justice is imbalanced. Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and follow along with our YouTube videos. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.